Welcome to Hope for the Uprooted. I'm Susan Miller, and I am delighted that you join me today. Actually, I'm just delighted to sit down and just be with you for a while. I just finished four days of managing teenagers. You know, you can't say babysitting when they're teenagers, but I've been everything from carpool to short order cook to listening to all their crazy going on and homework and oh my goodness so I tell you I am just pooped and I am delighted to sit here with you and just visit uh, from one adult to another. I want to talk to you today about rekindling the romance in your marriage. I, I feel like saying, hey, just stop what you're doing and grab paper and pencil because I'm going to give you so many bullet points. And remember, too, I may be sharing with you a gentle reminder of what you already know. You may be newly married or you may be, maybe you've been married a long time. Maybe these will be fresh ideas to you, fresh thoughts, um, or maybe it is just that. It is just a reminder of what you know, and sometimes we need that reminder. I know I always did, but I want to share with you, first of all, when you move, there is such stress on your marriage, and you know, just to help you unpack that, to understand that, to give you the tools and the equipping on on rekindling the, the romance, because so many times that's exactly what we have to do, because we forget in unpacking all the boxes that we have to unpack our our man also. And, you know, sometimes that gets put at the bottom of the list. But just to give you a little insight on the differences after a move, the differences between women and men, women look in their rearview mirror and grieve the loss of, the loss of what they left behind. Relationship, home, the place they love, we are relational beings as women. We lose that sense of community and that's a part of who we are. And we miss the relationships. We grieve the the friends and the family and the people that we've left behind. So that is the perspective that we have when we move and we're grieving. Now, listen up, girls. Men have no rearview mirror. Men have a periscope. You see, they're underwater with stress and pressure, and they're trying to focus on what's ahead. There you go. Um, we're just, you know, in the minutia of having to leave behind and having to let go and figure it all out while they are just focused on what's ahead. Men begin to let go when they accept a new job. They want to start over. Sometimes it can be harder when they lose a job or they retire. But women have a harder time letting go. Men just seem to let go and move on to the next thing where we 
uh, are relationally with that sense of community that, oh my gosh, I've left behind everything that is familiar to face the unfamiliar. But men are just focused, looking in that periscope, moving on for what's ahead. Men hit the ground running. Many times, wives and families and the move are left behind in the dust, especially if it is a new job or a new promotion. They literally, again, are so focused on what's ahead. And many a time I've had women say, I just feel like I'm left behind and that our family is left behind. Whereas we hit the ground in slow motion. We're trying to keep the family intact, get the children settled, create a home, unpack the boxes. If we have a career, we're trying to get settled into that. Women are going to a place where they know no one and have no support system normally. Where men are going to a job where they're expected and they're welcomed. And of course, this is with a corporate move or with a transfer with, within a company. Of course, it's different if they've retired or they have lost a job. That creates all the more levels of need for understanding and for rekindling the romance in a marriage. But the, the separation and the feelings of rootlessness leaves us as women feeling wounded. And it truly does affect our ability to start over. For women, it's difficult if we haven't put down roots in a community or church and if relationships aren't established. Where men, moving forward is a challenge to be conquered. Oh my gosh, yes. Men are anxious and fearful with expectations and a lot of times they feel inadequate because they're thinking, did I make the right decision? Will this job work out? You know, will I be able to do this new job or find a job or keep a job? So they have those feelings, but a lot of times they're underneath the surface. Whereas women feel lonely, they might feel like they've lost their identity and they might feel like they're disappointed or they might compare and all of those emotions that women have. Men come home at the end of the day to boxes and a bundle of family needs. Women face unpacking, they face setting up a home and of course there's stress on marriage and a lot of times the kids aren't adjusting well. Men have no identity in a new job or in retirement and they're trying to establish that. You know, their mantra is, hey, how are you? They don't have no uh, or any deep relationships. You know, it's the new guy syndrome. It's the wait and see attitude of others. And they truly are feeling like they have to find their new identity in uh, a new job or retirement when they're trying to reestablish themselves and not having deep relationships where we want to just plunge right in to deep relationships. For women, it's social. For men, it's a livelihood. 
and and the mindset is completely different. You see, no one escapes the kaleidoscope of emotions that come with moving. Men's emotions are just more tied in with a new job or whether they'll find a job or, or their retirement. But no one escapes the emotions. It's sad to say that sometimes... A move is a brick in the wall between you. Sometimes it will bring you closer, but sometimes it's like two trains passing on two tracks never connecting or two ships in the night passing or living under the same roof but miles and miles apart. You just, you're not in sync yet. You're not in the trenches. You know, you're looking for different things. You're seeking different things. And so it's important for you to understand that. To be intentional is is key. Be intentional to focus on your marriage. To do what it takes to Fill those sails with, with the wind uh, of love and care and attention uh, once more. You have the tools to make your marriage better. It's, it's, it's a matter of finding those tools and sharpening them. And sometimes, you know, our men don't have tools in their toolbox. And sometimes they don't understand us because we're emotional beings. But we need to understand where they're coming from and um, and what we can do to help them in their transition. So be intentional. Prioritize your marriage. That last box can wait, girlfriend. Someone has to blink in the marriage. Someone has to blink. In other words, someone has to make the first move. The what, how, and when rule. You know, that it's not what you say, but how you say it and when you say it. Think about that. It's the what, how, and when. Um, so many times I would be in anger. I'd meet Bill at the door at just the wrong time and say just the wrong thing as I dumped on him about my day when he was up to the gills with his day. And so just remember, it's not what you say, but it's how you say it and when you say it. And Remember that there's going to be times of disconnect and discouragement and being disillusioned. Sometimes it just takes unconditional love. Just grit your teeth and say, we're going to get through this. You know, we're going to get to the other side of this. Um, Don't go to bed angry with one another. Try to talk it through and work it through. I think sometimes, and I know I wrote in my book after the boxes are unpacked, that it's like unpacking a uh, a cake mix, like taking the cake mix out of the box and, you know, some, and, and they're always in a plastic bag and some ingredients are in the package and others you add and, you know, sometimes the pudding and the, you know, everything is in that package except the egg or the oil. And you have to add those things um, to make a great cake. Well, there are things you have to add in your marriage to make it a great marriage. And you need to build your husband up and not down. You need to um, show him appreciation and give him encouragement and and the acceptance of who he is. 
and what he's trying to do for his family, even though you may not understand it and you truly are not communicating well. But it's just like baking a cake. There are things you have to add, and then there are things that are already in the mix. In other words, you know, his personality, his temperament, a lot of those things, he, you know, you got those, sister, when you got married. And it's what you add that can enhance that marriage. So just bear that in mind. Be patient with one another. Pray for one another. Remember that I love Colossians 1.17. In him, all things hold together. In Christ, all things hold together. I know sometimes it's hard to communicate when you don't communicate well, but be intentional about that and take time for each other. You may have to initiate a date night or a walk or just block out time. Gosh, there was a time when I would put on Bill's calendar um, meet Susan for lunch. I mean, there were things I had to do that initiated that time together. And I just had to, you know, I'm such a romantic. I would love for him to come home and bring flowers and say we're having lunch together tomorrow. But when Bill was under stress and worried and concerned about the job or uh, preoccupied with all of that, uh, he didn't think about those things. So, You might want to ask about his job. You might want to enter into his world and just say, you know, share with me how your day went. Share with me what your biggest challenges are. And listening to each other is so important. Don't do all the talking, but ask questions and listen. Um, It's so important to even show appreciation through words or acts of kindness it's um, it's that observable love that you show with your eyes and your smile and your touch. Minimize the negative and accentuate the positive. It's not about you. It's about us. This move, this, this hurdle that you're crossing in your marriage, it's not all about you, but it's about the two of you. It's about us. And focus on Christ and not your circumstances. And just remember um, that God can work in and through all things. But I have to tell you, for move after move after move, it was all about me. You know, it certainly wasn't uh, about Bill. And it certainly wasn't about working on our marriage. We truly had built one brick at a time, a real wall in our marriage and we had to learn how to tear that down brick by brick by brick. Prayer is huge in understanding and moving closer together. But in rekindling the romance in your marriage, you know, take time to touch. That's so important. Even if it's only a minute, even if it's just brushing his shoulder when you walk by, The most important two minutes of the day, my friends, is when you greet each other at the end of the day and when you say goodbye in the morning. Gosh, how can you incorporate more touch in your marriage? And you know that's different for everyone. And I encourage you to 
understand what is important to the two of you. But I'm a toucher, and sometimes just walking up behind Bill and putting my arms around him, or sometimes just walking by and squeezing his hand, it was just so important to me. And then, you know, laughter. Oh my gosh, you know, laughter will break down lots of walls. Humor helps us cope. And sometimes I would take myself so seriously. Lighten up, my friends. Relax. Remember what really matters. When you've had a tough day, he's probably had a tough day, and you need to laugh together. You know, look at how you might laugh more as well as touch more and do a shared activity. That is huge to have something in common that you enjoy doing. It's so important. Some kind of an activity or an event. Uh, Maybe you both like to golf. Maybe you both like to watch football. Maybe you are not a sports enthusiast. But there's something that you enjoy doing together. Find it. Make time for it. Brace yourself. And sometimes you just have to try something new. But it's so important to do something together and to laugh together. I don't know if you've ever read Gary Chapman's Love Languages, but I so believe in the five love languages. And I think we need to understand what our husband's love language is, as well as our own, as well as our children. But the five love languages are gift, time, touch, words, and service. And I think it's important to plant those seeds for him to know how much you care about him. Know what his love language is. Bill's love language was the gift of service. And he loved to bring me a cup of coffee every morning and put it by my bed. And that was the way he expressed his love. Well, my love language was touch. And we were like two ships passing in the night until we understood that about each other. I would think, oh, Bill doesn't really love me, never holds my hand in the movie or in public or put his arm around me. And, you know, he was probably thinking, well, why in the heck doesn't Susan ever bring me a cup of coffee? We just laughed so hard when we understood that we were literally missing giving and receiving love according to what our own love languages are. So uh, I just encourage you to think about that and to understand what that looks like. Try to focus on what's good about your marriage. You know, you'll find it makes a big difference in your attitude. There's got to be something good. I know when you get in the pit and you are so negative, you think, oh my gosh, you know, why did I ever fall in love with this guy? I mean, you know, I fell in love with Bill when he was in the military and I loved his white uniform. He was a medic and I can laugh about that and and tell that to him and it kind of takes us back and recreates a tender spot. So try to focus on what's good about it, on the good things, not always the negative things. It makes such a difference. And find a way that you can praise him and encourage him and show your appreciation. Remember, this is not about you because I know what you're thinking. Well, what about me? You know, he doesn't praise me or encourage me or appreciate me. Well, this, you know, I'm not talking to him. If I were, I would tell him. 
to do those things. But I'm talking to you and I'm talking um, how you can, some of the things you can do to focus on what's good. You know, if you don't mean it, don't say it. If you have a motive behind kind things you say or do, don't do it. Because you don't want, you want to stay clear of flattery, but you just want to show him how much uh, you appreciate or admire him. And, you know, talk about, you know, get a, I always say, hey, you need a tune up from the neck up, okay? You need to rid yourself of emotional gunk like resentment and frustration and bickering and hurt feelings. Hey, get it out on the table, you know, get a regular tune up with each other and explore unfinished business and as a woman, we need closure. So talk about whatever it might be and talk about it in a way that you're not accusing or that you're not finger pointing. But, you know, a lot of times just talking it through is going to make a huge difference. Give each other that permission to be heard. Talk about your feelings. You know, I remember one time saying, Bill, let me help you understand what this move has done to me and, you know, how it has affected me and what I've left behind and how hard it is and how much I want to support you. Well, by the time we finished talking, he said, I had no idea you felt like that. It's not that your husband doesn't care. It's that he's unaware. And so sometimes you have to risk being authentic and you have to disclose your feelings. And you need to talk about if you're angry, you need to talk about that. You need to do it in a way that you're not speaking in anger, but that you are owning up to your anger or how you are feeling at that time. And give each other the freedom to fail. You know, you make mistakes, he make, makes mistakes. You've just got to be grace-based in your marriage by all means. You know, forgive uh, when you feel hurt. That's huge. That's all part of being grace-based because carrying rage and resentment is going to do more harm to us than to them. And update how well you know your spouse. Just simple little things that, you know, what do I need to know about you that I may not know? In other words, he may be going through some things that you're not aware of, and you might need to update some of those things. You know, a new job can be stressful, and maybe he's not sharing that. Maybe he won't share that, but he has needs, and you have needs, and it's so important to, as best you can, discover what that is. Discover what makes him tick. It's a matter of spending that time with each other and guarding your time, protecting it, schedule it, you know, have a plan. Sometimes it's hard with little ones to have a plan, but sometimes you need to um, just have breakfast in bed or have music and candles for dinner. Just share the emotions that you feel about how much you love him. And every now and then, you just need to remember that love does not consist in gazing at each other, but in looking together in the same direction. Ask God to guide you and 
Consider how you want to improve your marriage. Talk about it. Talk about some goals and some highlights and some things you want to do and find the blessings in your marriage. It's just so important to have the right fuel to propel us forward and to know that sometimes we have to set goals and we have to understand the power of making a relationship work, that teamwork, that support system, and we have to trust God all the more. Some of these things may not be easy for you if you're in a hard place in your relationship. I know that. But, I mean, I've been in hard places in my marriage with 14 moves and ups and downs and financial upheavals and one house to another and raising kids and broken washing machines and, you know, my gosh, romance was just out the window. But, hey, maybe it's time that you close that window and that you look around that room of marriage and you make some decisions to put your best foot forward and do what you can to enhance your marriage. Don't forget to have a date night. Don't forget to say I love you. Oh my gosh, I'm so grateful that I, I'm such a romantic every day or every night I would say, Bill, I love you today. And I'm so grateful I did that now. I wouldn't take anything for that. Remember that a hug and a 60-second kiss is pretty powerful. If you can kiss for that long, that's a whole minute. But just to put the romance back in your marriage, remember random acts of kindness to do little things that might mean a lot. Uh, one of the things that I would say to Bill is, you know, we're in this together and we're going to work through it and we're going to work in it and we're going to work around it, but I'm committed and we're in this together. It's so important to understand what makes him tick and what ticks him off, girlfriend. Every now and then, just put your arms around him and say, you know what, I love you today and we are going to make this work and we are going to move forward in the best of marriages the chase is never really over and there are truly dozens of ways and you probably have your own ways of filling the sails of marriage with the wind once more i just encourage you to give your marriage attention and to take the time to be intentional about drawing closer together, to rekindle that romance, whatever that might look like in your marriage, and get to know your man all the more. You'll never regret that, and you'll never be sorry. This is Susan. Hey, I'm so glad you joined me, and we'll see you next time. Hope for the Uprooted with Susan Miller is a production of Just Moved Ministry. Just Moved Ministry is a nonprofit, non-denominational ministry dedicated to the emotional well-being, spiritual growth, and ongoing resilience of women uprooted by a move or other major life change. Susan Miller is the founder of Just Moved Ministry and the author of After the Boxes Are Unpacked. Around the world, women uprooted by a move are gathering in After the Boxes Are Unpacked study groups. Together, they form friendships and find belonging in a new community 
while seeking to understand how God is using their move to grow and deepen them. Learn more at JustMove.org, where you can sign up for weekly words of encouragement, subscribe to Bloom, an inspirational publication, and read new articles every month that inform and inspire. Join the Just Move community and the Just Move community Facebook group, a place to connect with and be encouraged by other women anticipating or recovering from a move.